What's up? Welcome back to the Declaration Podcast. My name is Ty DeClaire. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Uh, yeah, let's get it. Yeah. It's October spooky season. Woo. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome on in. It's currently Sunday, mid-Sunday football. If you hear that anything in the background right here right now, that's me doing laundry, being real productive. Let's go. First, I'd like to thank Patreon. Over in the squad, I'd like to thank Liam Nolan, at Liam Nolan, and Boyan Antonoff, at Boyan V. Antonoff. Thank you so much. Over in the Angels, we got Chris Pierce, at Chris Pierce 103. Go uh, pick up some litter today and uh, go give the world a hug. Also like to thank Mason Tim at MT underscore the underscore RMT. Thank you so much, Mason. I hope you're having fun hitting some golf balls today. Hopefully you can get, uh, you know, a little closer to par. You know, uh, take that run at the, at the ship. You know, you need a caddy. I'd like some passive income. So, I mean, I would, I would gladly be your caddy if you make it real. So, please practice. I also like to thank Matt Nafe at Matt Nafe. Matt, uh, Matt's going to be in the Angels here going forward. And uh, if you see a little more social media presence from uh, the Declaration podcast, you can thank Matt. So thanks, Matt. If you want to support the show, head on over to patreon.com slash the Declaration online. Love to have you over there. For the mental health check this week. It's uh, it's, it's actually been you know a pretty good week. Um, definitely had its you know pockets of stress, pockets of being busy. But all in all, it's been pretty good. Um. Yeah, just like I said, some days are difficult, but you know, put the head down and and just get through it, and you know, you get that sense of accomplishment from overcoming the tough stuff. It's not about trying to reduce all stress, but adding in the good stress. And it's been uh, the first couple days of sober October, which if you're not doing sober October, come on now, come on now, it's not too late. You can start now. You're only giving up, well, if you listen on Tuesday, it'll be, it'll be like October 6th, and, you know, you are you can definitely extend it past Halloween if you really wanted to, but, you know, this year, uh, you know, no substances, um, also giving up coffee, which, you know, four days in, well, technically five days, I started a day early, because I, I do plan on getting spooky on Halloween, but, you know, five days in, and I find that, you know, my, the coffee, I think I'm past the withdrawal stage. Like, I got, I got a little bit of headache every now and again, but really, it's not that bad. Finding my energy levels are much more sustained. And weirdly enough, you, you stop drinking coffee and, you know, stop taking down an entire French press every day. And I'm getting tired around, you know, 9, 9 o'clock, 9.30. And my sleep has just been a lot better, and I feel like I'm actually getting well rested. And yeah, it's been a it's been a great little month so far. And you know, just a reminder that hey, take a break sometimes. You know, the less masters we serve, the better. And you know, masters can be anything: booze, weed, coffee, um, video games, TV. The more masters you have to serve, that's the more energy you're putting out everywhere else, other than yourself. And I think it's like stoicism. 
where it's like, man, if you can serve less masters, you really can just focus in. And I do feel a, a bit more focused today than I think I would typically on a Sunday. And yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, getting some good exercise in has definitely helped kept the depressos at bay. Saturday, we went out to Parsboro to see our friends out there. Shouts out to Caitlin and Tyler. Uh, Delilah and Hazel ran around and had a good little run around. They, uh, Delilah slept pretty much the entire ride home. That was wonderful. And then today we went to, uh, where did we go today? Uh, the Crowbar Lake or something like that. Took Delilah on a nice little, like, four plus K, you know, three and a bit hour hike. My legs are absolutely jello right now and. Delilah is currently sleeping like none else. It's just, it's been, it's been nice. You know, break a sweat, have something to focus on, getting through it. It's just been a good week and I'm glad to say that. And I'm hoping that that continues. So yeah, hope you enjoy, uh, hope you enjoy your week and I hope you enjoy this podcast episode. We got Kristen Lieber back on the show. You know, we talked, um, last time we talked a lot about some of the things we touch on again in this show, but again, hormones, food, eating, mental health, it's all related. And and Kristen's a great little source to go to. Uh, you know, she just uh, was recently in a book. Uh, hold on a second. If I was a professional podcast host, I'd have this open and ready for you. I'm just going to go over to Instagram. And Kristen Talks Hormones. And I scroll down. And the book is called Save by Nutrition. You should go check that out. And well, if there's any, you know, any copies available, because you know it's a hot seller. But yeah, it you know, she she's a great source. We talk about a whole bunch of things, especially, you know, my personal favorite part of this is, you know, how coffee and caffeine affect your adrenals. So go check out this episode. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you have a great week. Let's get to it. Stop the rambling. Let's just go. Uh, if you like the show, share it, like it, subscribe, uh, put it on a billboard, um, go tell your grandma about it. <laughs> I appreciate everyone, uh, you know, checking in, um, all the love. I do appreciate it. And, you know, bigger and better things going forward. You know, as we're wrapping up 2020, we're going to leave this year on a good note. And uh, <laughs> it's been one heck of a year so far, but it doesn't mean that we can't turn it around. And find some success through the difficulties so i wish you a great week and all the best without any further ado please welcome Kristen leaper Kristen Leeper, thank you for coming back on the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me back. I'm so excited to be on again. <laughs> yes, so we were just talking before we got on. It's always a good sign when you either get the invite back or I get someone else to come back again. So thank you for coming back. I do appreciate it. I know um, a lot has kind of changed since the last time we spoke. Uh, we, we talked last in March. And that was kind yeah. of before everything started popping off. <laughs> so <laughs> how have you been since March? So it's definitely been a weird time. 
uh, for me included. We'd actually just moved into our house here. We're in Pembroke and uh, definitely lost some quality time with the house, which I wasn't anticipating. Um, yeah, so it's been, you know, there's been times where it's been kind of stressful. Haven't really explored the area too much, but I also feel like it's been a time to really take a step back and reflect, you know, and, and think about the direction I want to go in for the future. So I'm trying to see that side of it now. Yeah, absolutely. Well, congratulations on the house. Uh, we're both officially a part of hashtag house gang. So we're, <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, the quarantine house move. It's, it's a good move. It, it's really a nice distraction with everything else going on. Oh, yeah, it keeps you busy. Congratulations to you as well. I know you've just bought a house too. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, it's, I've taken it under like my scope of duties to try and make this place as clean as possible at all times, and it's not easy. <laughs> so, it's really not. Yeah, I'm like trying to figure out some kind of a schedule that works. I've started off like this, like, okay, Saturdays are the cleaning day, but we have way too many friends. And I visit way too many people on Saturday and then things get pushed and now football's here. So my Sundays are shot. So yeah, I'm still trying to figure out my routine. <laughs> I can absolutely relate to that. <laughs> Perfect. And I mean, I've, you know, taken a quick peruse through uh, the old Instagram. I see, you know, over the last couple of months, you've been pretty busy. You know, I've been on a couple podcasts, uh, you know, being a contributing author to a book. And I mean, you've survived 2020 so far, so that's an accomplishment of it itself. So I guess, tell me about the uh, the book that you contributed to. Yeah, absolutely. So this book uh, was a total surprise. I actually, I belong to a professional organization of Canadian nutritionists, and they send periodic emails. And there was a, just a little, almost like a footnote in one of their emails talking about this book. And it actually is a course that you can take and then your story is eligible to be included in the book. But it was one of those things where you just read it and you have this moment of like, oh, wow, I have to do this. Mm. So this book is a collection of stories from Canadian holistic nutritionists. And it's called Saved by Nutrition because it's our personal stories of how learning about nutrition really transformed our lives, really helped us with physical and mental health struggles and yeah, for a lot for a lot of people, actually, it became their second career mm-hmm. because it was just such a pivotal moment in their lives to learn about all of this and to actually start feeling better. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, like I can I can relate to that. As soon as I started to figure out how I can make nutrition work for me and just understanding how you know my body reacts to different things, it became not an obsession, but just like you can see just how deep that hole can go if you really go into it and yeah a second career is absolutely something that uh, that could have happened uh so do you want to kind of take us through like what your portion of that book was speaking about and all that yeah so my section in the book is about anxiety and food sensitivities so food sensitivities is can really be a range of reactions but it's basically an inappropriate reaction from your body to a protein in a food. And so your immune system attacks the protein and you do not feel good. And it can cause a whole range of things. But for me, one of the things that I suspect happened is it actually caused inflammation in my brain or neuroinflammation and contributed to anxiety and depression. But it took me a really long time to find out. Uh, so I actually start off the story 
with when I was 21, I went to the doctor because I thought I had a heart problem. And I'm sitting there with my heart racing. It actually hurts in my chest. And the nurse kind of smiled at me and said, you know, there's nothing wrong with your heart, but I think you might have anxiety. Um, and so that was the first that I'd kind of heard of it. And I was on medication, which made me feel really numb more than anything else. Like it did mute the anxiety, but it muted all of my other emotions too. Mm. Um, and I talk about binge drinking, which I didn't really flag as an issue because in university, it's really just part of the culture. And so I think I, I didn't really stop and think about how I was actually drinking to take the edge off the anxiety because you get that calming sort of buzz when you drink, right? And it was actually, the for, at the time, the most effective thing, which didn't make it a, a good coping mechanism, but it did make it, a at the time, a really toxic but somewhat helpful one. And yeah. so I sort of go through, yeah, I, I go through dealing with that stuff and, yeah, talking to different doctors, talking to nutritionists, talking to a gastroenterologist, and it took me a long time before I, on a whim, I went to see an astropath, and that's really when it set the stage for everything changing. Hmm. Awesome. Yeah. And, you know, knowing just the importance of, you know, what you put in your body and how like the food you eat, what you do, it's, it's all a part of health. And yeah, even if like you're saying with drinking, even if it's more of like a survival mechanism that you don't even know is a survival mechanism at that time, because, you know, just trying to find something that works for you, whether you're cognizant of it or not. But I guess the whole part of it is just like, being more aware, understanding the relationship between yourself and other things and just kind of embracing that journey. What was, what was the journey like for you as you moved through the different treatment providers, different, different areas, trying to find new solutions? Like what was that like for you? So now sort of looking back, it's much easier to really see it as a journey, you know, and to see that everything had purpose and, that there was a reason that it took as long to get to where I needed to be, you know, so that I could find nutrition and fall in love with it. But at the time, it was super frustrating, mm. very frustrating, very exhausting, you know, because I go and see somebody else and I had so many dead ends beforehand and you're just so desperate to have the answers. But it, I got kind of cynical mm. near the end for sure. And um, this started when I was 21. And I would say when I was about, 25 I gave up for a couple of years and it was actually really hard to reflect back on that period mm. you know I just stopped looking for answers because I really felt like I couldn't find them mm. and I, I mean I understand why I was in that headspace but that was actually sort of a hard thing to sit with to remember that feeling yeah no absolutely uh, it's it's never easy to, to look back on those times and like you said relive or trying to find the lesson when it's so painful to look back or there's so many emotions in there. Um, I, I just think back to, you know, my own journey and even today is just trying to, you know, put names to emotions, trying to understand what feelings feel like and, you know, finding that relationship between the things that I put in my body. It's definitely not easy. And especially when the times are difficult, it's just, it's doubly so. It's, it's not easy. <laughs> that's, that's the best way to put it. It's not easy. No, it's, it's really not. And it can take a really long time to find somebody who's the right fit for you too. Even if, you know, I actually saw, I talked about it in my story, I actually saw two naturopaths. Even though seeing a naturopath was super, it was really the, the turning point for me. It was so helpful. But the first one I saw just wasn't the right fit for me. So sometimes even when you're in the right 
modality and you've found the right pathway, it can still, you still have some detours before you kind of get to where you need to be. Hmm. Yeah. And, and it's hard not to take those, you know, barriers or roadblocks as, you know, it, they're obviously blocks towards progress, but it's almost like in overcoming those and, and searching for the answer through those and like trying to in, quote unquote enjoy the process. It, that's where the growth comes. That's where like the real lessons come from, no matter how difficult of a teacher life can be, I guess. Absolutely. And I found it really interesting. I actually read the book a couple of weeks ago and it was pretty, it was pretty cool to see how many other nutritionists actually had similar stories in the sense of they went to see so many people. They went to see so many doctors and so many specialists and it was quite interesting how many people went, oh, you know what, I'll just go see this person. You know, they're an alternative health practitioner. They're, they're probably not even going to help, but I don't have anything to lose. So it's kind of, I definitely wasn't the only person who had a similar trajectory. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think we touched on this last time we spoke too, which is, you know, some treatment providers are not equipped to to know the ins and outs of nutrition or food insensitivities or anything like that. And that's where you know, people like yourself, they're so needed, even if it's a last resort, even if it's a, almost a, a Hail Mary in some people's minds, <laughs> right? Is, is just, it, it's, it's essential to have someone who knows what they're talking about. Absolutely. And I think I might have mentioned this last time too. Uh, I'm a really big advocate for integrative medicine for that reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I had some difficulties in terms of my specific issues with doctors, but there are other things where doctors have been great. I think it's really just about knowing what you're asking for and sort of knowing which modality suits that best. And that's, that's where I think working with a range of practitioners can really come in and be helpful. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, having that communication between people and all that, it's, it's not easy, but you know, it's, it's the goal. So like I said, I, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm glad to hear that, you know, you've, you've found your way along the journey so far. And like I said, the journey never really over per se, but it might be easier to take up the lessons now. And like I said, it's, I, I always look back on those times and think because I went through the difficult times, it's because that's the way I can have like empathy and understanding for those who are in the thick of it today. And I feel like that helps what I'm trying to do today for other people. Do you, do you have that same kind of feeling? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I, I, it was so frustrating at the time, but I am, I'm just so grateful to, to have learned. And I don't think it's an accident, you know, mm-hmm. that I ended up as a, as a nutritionist. I think it was life sort of, <laughs> In a, in a difficult way, still guiding me with where, where I wanted to be and where I'm supposed to be. And, and I agree. I think it, I'm also really grateful because I do advocate for mental wellness in a way now. I'm grateful for how difficult it was in terms of my mental health because I think that I look at potential clients with anxiety or depression so differently, for example, than somebody who might not have experienced it. I do. I think it gives you this empathy and this compassion that can really help you shine, right? Mm-hmm. In, in what you're doing. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, you think about 2020 in general, it's, it's a very difficult time to be a human and, you know, (laughs) having, you know, that, I guess that experience of, you know, how to navigate the deep waters. It's, it's essential right now. And, you know, trying to get the message out to those who need it today. It's, it's important. And, you know, I think of just the importance of like stress management in, in days like this, right? 
you know, whether you're working or not, it, it, there's stress either from work or stress from not having a job or just there's so much just stress. I, I, I don't know if we talked about this last time or not, but is there anything for yourself that you find works best when it comes to stress management in your own life? That's a really good question. Um, I think the biggest thing that I am noticing for myself with stress management is that what that looks like is going to change. Yeah. That there, yeah, like I'm, I'm really, really trying to become more aware, kind of like you were talking about as well, of, of, of listening to yourself and checking in with yourself. Uh, I work with a counselor I've been working with for a long time, and his big thing is asking yourself, what do I need today? And I think that that's really applicable to stress management too, because yeah, maybe what you need is to sleep in today, but maybe tomorrow what you're going to need in terms of stress management is to get through that to-do list that's been really bothering you. And maybe what you need tonight is to give yourself a break from cooking and from doing dishes and order some pizza, but maybe tomorrow it's making sure that you're getting some more of those whole foods in and meal prepping so that you're set for the week ahead. So I, I think that's sort of the, the big piece that I'm learning is how much it varies, but, but yeah, also how much to, to really check in with yourself and, and to be aware of that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that a lot. The, the, the check-ins with yourself, it's, I, I, I get the feeling that it can seem hokey or, you know, it's <laughs> like, oh yeah, I'm going to check in with myself. I'm in myself. What do you mean check in? But you know, <laughs> Giving like giving the emotions the space and just like searching for that understanding with like almost like a, a sense of curiosity. I, I think it's yes. it's just it's essential for me. I, I mean, like I think 2020 was a big highlight of things change and what worked before may not work now, and that doesn't mean it will never work again. But like you're saying, is you know in this moment right here right now, what do I need? And what's going to yes. help me through this situation? And I mean, the more tools you can add to your tool belt, the better. And I think 2020 has been a magnifying glass of you got to find something new. Um, I mean, yes. I guess getting a house is kind of a new thing, right? And you get to focus on something else and, and apply it to other things. But I mean, we got a dog through quarantine and like that's a whole new responsibility, a whole new thing to try and navigate. And I mean, I'm talking about myself a lot on my own podcast, like, <laughs> but like, hey, we, you're allowed. I, yeah, that's right. It's my podcast. I could do what I want. No, <laughs> um, like you know, getting the dog, and the first thing I do when I wake up is I go to take care of Delilah. But that's a big change from before, where when I would wake up in the morning, I'm trying to control my morning and do what I need to do for myself. The first thing I get up. So if I'm waking up and the first thing that I'm doing is caring for someone else, where do my needs come in? Because it's really easy just to push those off to the side and start to care about something else and someone else. And then the day's over and I'm stuck here thinking like I haven't had any time to do what I feel like I need to do. So again, just trying to navigate all that and, and figure out what works for you. And I guess trying to, as much as you can, enjoy the process because it's about, you know, trying on different things and seeing what tools work, what things don't. And I guess just trying to stay as, as level-headed is that the right word as as you can throughout the whole thing absolutely yeah and i think um a thing that i have learned is that in terms of checking in with myself and especially in terms of stress management 
is that I'm really trying to become more aware of what things do I absolutely have to do and what things am I telling myself that I have to do, you know, that I could rework, right? Like having that mm -hmm. flexibility, right? And like you were saying, sort of rolling with the punches, I guess, right? Mm -hmm. And and yeah, and allowing yourself to change because kind of like you were saying, I mean, the dog has to go out for sure, right? There are certain responsibilities that we can't, I think we were talking about uh, garbage day, right? Like there's certain yeah, responsibilities yeah. that you just, yeah, that you can't neglect, right? Or that have to happen at a specific time, but where, where else can you maybe have the freedom to play around with it a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like, like yeah, that, I think that structure is totally important for mental health. Like, you know, if you're working, although it can be difficult to go to work some days, it's that structure of work that can, you know, make your week go forward and give you something to focus on. But yeah, like, Something as simple as putting the garbage out on garbage day and like, you know, getting the recycling ready and, and all that stuff. It's at least some sort of structure, some sort of pattern, some sort of consistency. And 2020, if anything, it is like almost the opposite of consistency for me while at the same time being totally consistent because most of my days are spent in this same house <laughs> doing like mm -hmm. the same thing. But trying to, I guess, yeah, just trying to navigate that. It's, it's not, uh, it's not the easiest, but it's a lesson. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think one of the things that I'm like, cause currently I'm doing sober October and, uh, one of the things that like I do, this is something I do yearly. And one of the areas that I do at, on top of like any kind of substance is coffee as well. I, I try and give that up for the whole month and just kind of see how that plays with my body and I'm well aware of what adrenal fatigue is and I'm well aware that I drink coffee a little too often and that how that's going to affect me. Could you walk me through maybe even what to expect when it comes to adrenals when you take a month off of things like coffee, alcohol, like those kind of things? Sure, absolutely. I think that's a really good question. And I think in terms of the stress piece that we were just talking about, I mean, our adrenals are our stress management glands, right? So mm -hmm. especially with a year like 2020, our adrenals have probably been really feeling it. And chronic stress can result in what you were talking about, the uh, adrenal fatigue, right? These overworked mm -hmm. adrenals who are having trouble doing their job now. So in terms of the cutting out the coffee piece, um, because coffee uh, is technically a drug, you know, quote unquote, right? It's a, it's a substance that has an effect on our bodies and it can be, we can get this caffeine dependence, right? Where we want our morning cup of coffee. Um, and I actually, I drink coffee. I'm actually back on drinking an espresso in the morning. So I'm, I'm not here to hate on coffee, but, uh, just in general, because we can have that dependence on it. Um, you may have already been feeling it because I know we're on at October 2nd, but, yeah, you might be feeling some more fatigue in the morning, maybe a headache, maybe some crankiness, uh, because our body, you know, your body's going to be asking for that coffee. That's not going to stick, but you may be feeling that for, for a few days. But typically, um, when you do cut out coffee, uh, normally it is actually supposed to, your energy should normalize. You know, like you're going to have those mornings where you're craving the coffee and you're feeling a little bit sleepy, but that should that should pass and you should feel um, actually more energized because coffee is technically um, an adrenal stimulant 
And so it kind of gives us a little extra juice, right? Like revving the engine, but ultimately that can actually deplete our energy. So you should actually feel more energy. And then I would say in terms of the alcohol piece, um, alcohols are also alcohols also taxing on the adrenals. So, um, you know, if you're, if you're finding that alcohol helps to take the edge off stress, then I would think that you might feel a similar sort of effect, you know, maybe feeling a little bit higher stress. Um, because you might be used to that piece to sort of, you know, bring you down a little bit and mellow you out. But overall, I would say both of those things should probably contribute to higher energy. And both alcohol and caffeine, I mean, they're both digestive irritants. So you may find that your digestive system is actually a little bit happier with you. The only last piece I would say to that is that for coffee, coffee is a little bit of a laxative. So sometimes when we go off of coffee, if there's any sort of sluggishness going on, you become more aware of it because sometimes coffee can actually mask that. Right, right. Yeah, uh, like I said, it's, I guess it's one of those things that I'm just, I try and, and, you know, go with open arms and, and go all for it. But yeah, I, even waking up, like even like right now, checking right now, I, I can feel like a little bit of that like headache. But mm-hmm. I've been pretty surprised because I've been just pounding the water, you know, knowing that I'm going to need to make sure I'm hydrated, um, you know, trying to f- just fill myself with as much of the positive things as I can in, in lieu of the other things, trying to add in the positive and trying to, instead of trying to look at like removing things that I'm trying to remove. And so far, it's been fairly, you know, easygoing. Um, yeah, like wake up in the morning. It's definitely weird not to have the coffee right away. But I can already feel almost like more sustained energy, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And, yes, it does. Yeah. And just, yeah, <laughs> trying to, you know, be easy on the engine for this month. <laughs> yeah. And I think the water piece may be going a long way to helping with that sustained energy. Mm-hmm. Just maintaining that hydration can really do wonders for your energy and also your mood. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So I think that was a really smart thing to implement especially too because if you're not drinking your coffee habit wise you may be wanting to drink something water is a really excellent substitute yeah i mean water and i guess it's technically fermented but you know like i'm drinking kombucha as well to try and you know take care of my gut health and all that and that's something i don't think we've talked about yet on the show is gut health yeah, not in detail, no. Yeah, do you have give give me what you can on gut health? Just just lay it on me. <laughs> okay, so um, the first piece, just for you to be aware of, is um, I love kombucha. Uh, kombucha though, uh, it does actually have a little bit of caffeine, um, because it's made from green and black tea. Right. Um, so just something to be mindful of, depending on on how much you're having. Um, I really like it because I really like the. Kombucha has probiotics, good bacteria, which we know are good for our gut health. We want to make sure that our our gut is populated with enough of those good bacteria. Um, but kombucha also has a it typically has a lot of sugar because there's fruit juices added. So what I do is I usually um, mix it with club soda. Mm. So I do like a third of a cup of that kombucha and then I add in the club soda um, because if we go overboard on sugar, it can feed. Uh, a fungus called candida. Um, and so we have candida in our body. It's normal, but it's an opportunistic fungus. And so if we uh, end up taking in more sugar than we want, it can actually proliferate. And then we can end up with a little bit more of that than we would want. And we can get some, some gut 
upset with that, I'll say. Um, so I feel like that's a, the best way to, to have kombucha. Um, I love it though. Um, I absolutely have it in the fridge. Uh, and then in terms of gut health, my story focused on food sensitivities. So I'm going to revisit that topic for a second, uh, because there's actually quite a few stories in the book that touched on food sensitivities. And I think it's important to be aware that if you don't have to cut out a food, I recommend it. You know, like why restrict if you don't have to? But uh, if you are experiencing any, especially digestive upset, I think it can be really good to sort of play around with that or work with a practitioner, you know, if you want to save yourself some time because they are quite common. You know, my food sensitivities are to wheat, so that's similar to gluten and dairy. Um, and there were quite a few people in the book who actually mentioned the same thing. Yeah, no, I, I love all of that. And yeah, yeah, I, uh, I, I haven't cut my kombucha yet, but I'm thinking, you know, maybe firing up the soda stream. That might be a good little, uh, way to at least prolong the kombucha. Cause as long as the kombucha is in the house, I am drinking it like it's God's nectar. So it's <laughs> a way of like trying to like extend that out. Like that might be really helpful. Also um, save you money. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, we're all here for saving money. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, even just knowing that, you know, I think we have like more neurotransmitters in our gut than we do in our brain. Yes, and like, we just, do. like, if that doesn't scream how important gut health is just to overall functioning, I don't know what will. Yeah, we actually make the vast majority, I'm not going to quote a percentage because I keep hearing different numbers, but we actually make the vast majority of our serotonin in our gut. Mm. And so my theory is that when I was having really severe anxiety and depression, I was having so many gut issues. And I think those things are absolutely related. I don't think I was able to absorb all of the protein that I needed to be making that serotonin. Um, and we actually have what's called the enteric nervous system, which is the nervous system in the gut, kind of like what, what you were mentioning. Um, and I just watched a lecture this past week, actually, and it's called the gut brain connection. And we're just learning so much more about how sort of intimately intertwined those two things are. Mm. Yeah. I just think, you know, how much we don't know about that connection, even though we know quite a bit, just how much we don't know yet. And just how, yeah. I guess how exciting that is just to continue to find that out. Absolutely. He was actually mentioning this lecturer. Um, he was, this is a naturopath who was lecturing, um, at a conference organized by Precision Analytical, which is a company in the States that does really fantastic hormone testing. And he was talking about how when people have injuries in the brain, it takes about 10 minutes for that injury to actually show up as issues with the gut as well, which totally blew my mind. Hmm. Huh. Yeah. Wow. That, that's, that's everything (laughs) that's the perfect example for for the connection yeah that's that's wow okay that's a quick turnaround yeah and i think i think because i talk about mental health and of course you do too i think it's so often missing from conversations about mental health like how are you digesting you know Mm. how does your stomach feel Mm. um and how often those two things are are actually related and especially so if, you know, you're trying to use food or, or substances that you ingest as, you know, a way to cope with emotions, feelings, and, and trying to get through things. Just like, it's almost like a sense of going from trying to fill your body with things for love 
versus as another you know, like another kind of survival technique that maybe is not the best technique anymore, but it, you know it's what worked in a certain time of your life. So it's just like a a habit that's still there that you're trying to work through. It, yeah. It's it's just trying to find that connection, and yeah, that's wow. Thank you for that. Is a factoid and a half. Wow. <laughs> I know. I know. I couldn't believe it. Okay. So speaking of you know gut health and the things we eat and all that stuff, I know that you uh you know spoke on a podcast and you talked about you know your recipe for chicken alfredo. I am very very interested in hearing this because it sounds amazing. Thank you. Yeah, I'm. I love this recipe. Uh, and so this is my. It is dairy free and gluten free. Uh, and I know people kind of run from some of those recipes because they think they won't taste good. I promise it tastes good. I fed it to people who don't have any food limitations and they still like the recipe. So I feel like that, you know, in case that reassures people. So um, it includes, I think it's six ingredients. It's quite simple. Uh, I got the original version of this recipe from Chloe Coscarelli. She's a vegan chef who makes a lot of wonderful Italian recipes. And I love her original recipe, but it had a lot of steps and I was having a not great health day where like the thought of chopping anything or, or spending any extra time in the kitchen than I had to was just not appealing to me. So I streamlined right. it. Um, so this one in order to make the pasta, um, I typically just use rice noodles. You can usually find them and I found them in a regular grocery store before. Um, so I just use like a brown rice fettuccine. Um, but I mean, if you prefer like a bow tie pasta or, you know, spaghetti or whatever, it doesn't really matter what type of noodle you use. But I, I prefer rice over corn as a gluten free pasta. And then the sauce is made from raw cashews. Hmm. Cashews, uh, because of the fat content, make a really wonderful like cream sauce. And so you'd use raw cashews, onion powder, garlic powder, water, salt and black pepper. And you would, you want to boil your cashews for about 10 minutes to soften them. You can actually soak them overnight too, but I never plan ahead like that. So usually boiling <laughs> for 10 minutes enough. And then you toss it all in a blender and huh. blend it up and you can serve it immediately or store for about three days. Huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, you yeah. wouldn't think it was that easy. I know. I know. The original recipe uses like uh, fresh garlic and fresh onion, which is also delicious. But I found that the onion and garlic powder works just fine. There you go. All right. Well, I might have to fire that up at some point. That that sounds awesome. Yeah. And I have it on my website as well. It's it's free. It's posted on my website at kristentalkhormones.com. kristentalkhormones.com. Go get it. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, like I said, I, I do appreciate you coming on. It's, you know, it's always fun to talk about just mental health, cooking, um, you know, the way food impacts your body is like it. This has been, like you're saying, it's such a fascinating topic and you can get into such, you know, there's a lot of depth, but there's also a lot of connections you can make. So I always do appreciate, you know, having you on and being able to make those connections and, you know, like I said, learning from the life experiences and bringing those to the table, not only for yourself, but for others and, and those that you help. So I do appreciate you coming on, you know, being so open and honest. And as always, I need to ask you, what is one tip you have for a satisfying and healthy life? So I think this speaks back to what we were talking about earlier, which is just this idea of, I'm going to say listening to your body. Mm. I know that's really broad, but just having that checking in with yourself 
and also trusting yourself if you think that something is off because uh, I found that that came up a lot when I was writing my story you know I was, I was getting advice or I was getting diagnoses or recommendations and I just it didn't sit right with me I just kept feeling like we weren't really getting to the root of the problem and that I I wasn't feeling better the way that I wanted to be and so I think that just doing that trust with yourself um mm -hmm. yeah and, and and searching for answers if you feel like you haven't gotten the right one I think that that you know, that's the reason that I feel better. It's also the reason that I ended up having this career. And I think it, it's so important to to foster that and to, and to cultivate that trust with yourself and listening to yourself. Mm. I love that. Yeah. And like, like that word trust is huge because, I mean, a lot of times there's broken trust. There's, you know, there's hang ups, hurts that almost stop us from wanting to take that step of trust within ourselves. And, you know, being able to foster that relationship, I, that can only help with other relationships in your life. And yeah, the more you understand yourself, I think the more you can understand others as well. So I love that answer. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so the book Saved by Nutrition, uh, Instagram, Kristen Talks Hormones, KristenTalksHormones.com. Anywhere else people can find you? Uh, I am also on Facebook as Kristen Talks Hormones. There we go. Go search her up. Uh, what's uh, something you're grateful for? Oh, I, so I'm grateful to be in this house, actually. Um, you know, we're, we're spending so much time at home. And we, we actually moved in here two weeks before COVID hit. So I think I'm just, I'm grateful to be in this, you know, that it, that is, the space I actually own, but also a space that feels safe and comfortable. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, you, you have that space. I know uh, for myself, I just think of how privileged I feel every time I wake up here and just That's wanting amazing. to, you know, use that as much as I can, uh, what, whatever that means. But yeah, just I, I'm happy that you're in a place where you're happy at the moment. And uh, I hope that continues for you. I'm sure we'll have another podcast down the road, but for now, I, I wish you all the best and have, have a great one. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure to talk with you. I always feel like we have such a fascinating conversation. Um, yeah, and I, I'm really happy for you as well that you similarly have that space. Well, thank you very much. And uh, <laughs> see, I'm trying to like work on like a tagline for the show and it's kind of, I have to like watch my wording because like I could say like, go love on yourself but that that can be interpreted way too many ways so i was trying to like go find a way to show yourself some love so go find a way to show yourself some love today thank you thank you you too thank you all right all right all right settle down it's not over just yet it's not over just yet okay I forgot to mention some things in the intro, so I'm going to record an outro. Welcome to the outro version of the Declaration Podcast. So, first, on the hike we did today over at yeah, Crowbar Lake, something like that, I'd like to thank Jenna and Matt for actually you know inviting us out and taking us out there. That was awesome. Uh, Jenna and Matt are good people and really fast hikers. I mean, Matt was kind of flexing on us at the end of the hike there, so... Uh, I got some work to do in terms of my, my hiking, uh, athleticism. And speaking of athleticism, uh, Trevor Smith and I this month 
on top of Sober October, are doing a fitness challenge where we're trying to see who can lose the most weight slash inches. We have this little scoring system where one pound equals one point and an inch equals two points, I think. (laughs) I should probably know that. Um, But yeah, I wanted to make sure I threw that in there because I'm sure Trevor will be mad if he listened to this and we didn't talk about it because, I mean, I got to put it on on audio here so he knows when he gets his butt kicked that, uh, you know, I'm not trying to sandbag it or I actually am trying. Uh, yeah, so it looks like, you know, Trevor is doing his damn thing and he's, he's running, he's eating good. He's doing his thing. And, you know, I'm trying to focus on, uh, one second. Yep. There we go. It's three points for an inch. Yeah. (laughs) One point per pound lost three points per inch was lost. We measured, uh, you know, biceps, waist, hips, and thighs. So we're going to see what happens there. But yeah, Trevor doing his thing, eating well, getting the runs in. Hopefully not those runs. And, uh, you know, me, I'm getting my fasts in. I'm getting my exercise, getting my yoga. Day 80 of 100 days of yoga. Whereas yoga is mostly just stretching, but, you know, whatever. Technicality. And yeah, I just want to make sure I get that in there. We are in the midst of <laughs> the challenge of 2020. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited to be here. I, I hope that October's good to you. I really hope it is. And yeah, that's all I wanted to say. So I'm not going to bring the intro back, but I'm just going to say thank you for listening and I hope you have a good one. Bye.